Greetings and welcome to another episode of From John to Justin, where I started out looking at every Prime Minister in Canadian history, and we're right in the middle of every opposition leader who never became Prime Minister, but we took a break from that, because an election was called. So right now I'm doing 36 election episodes in a row, to coincide with our 36 day election period. If you want to support the podcast, you can, for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. Don't forget, I have three other podcasts out there. Canadian History X, which releases every Wednesday and Saturday. Canada's Great War, which releases every single Sunday. And Coast to Coast, which releases every single Thursday. I do all of these full-time. The writing, the research, everything. I do it every day, all day. And it's a lot of work. So, any dollars you give help keep it all going, and I'll make sure to thank you on the air and throughout my social media. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. After the massive win for Louis Saint Laurent and the Liberals in 1949, there was hope that the party would once again get a majority when the next election came about. This would be a rematch between Saint Laurent and his progressive conservative opponent, George Drew. Many in the progressive conservative party were unhappy with the fact that the election was also scheduled for August 10th, in the heart of summer season. In fact, this is the only time that August has ever seen a federal election. Dalton Camp, who worked for the progressive conservatives at the time, would state, quote, The prospect of an August election appalled the PCs. The Tory vote would be secluded in summer cottages, the cities would be insufferable, campaign audiences would be small and distracted by the heat, the farmers would be tending their crops. End quote. Drew would state that when the date was decided that it was the very worst date of the year for an election. He would state, quote, Having treated Parliament with contempt, they now treat the people with even greater contempt. End quote. Saint Laurent would respond to the criticism of the election date, stating, quote, some Canadians do not take the trouble to vote, but that is their responsibility. That is part of the price we pay for free, democratic institutions. I hope we all do it without resentment or a feeling that it is something we should not have to do. End quote. As with the 1949 election, the Liberals didn't make any promises but instead campaigned on their record, which by this point had reached 18 years of government through half the Great Depression and the Second World War. Saint Laurent, who started his campaign on June 22nd, was still immensely popular in Canada as well. Prior to the election, in a poll of the public, 58% of respondents said that Saint Laurent was doing a good job as Prime Minister, including 47% of Progressive Conservative supporters. Saint Laurent continued to be seen as Uncle Louis, the benevolent grandfather to young Canadians. Some Progressive Conservative candidates would attempt to play off of that, Elmer Bell, president of the Western Ontario Progressive Conservative Association, would state that parents should hide their children until St. Laurent finishes his campaign tour. He would state on June 27, 1953, quote, I see our kissing Prime Minister is on the warpath again. I suggest that if he comes this way again, you keep your children in or they'll be kissed. He has a lot of tricks. One of them is giving the children a school holiday. At least this time, an effort put on education will not be hindered by that maneuver now that school is out. End quote. Some did question whether Saint Laurent could do another election since he had been in politics by that point since 1941 and he was in his 70s. But he would state, quote, The suggestion was made in 1949 that I might not be able to last until another election. I feel as well now as I did in 1949. 
Although the years have left their mark, I expect to continue for quite a time. St. Laurent would travel across the country beginning in Windsor and moving east to Fredericton, then west to Winnipeg and beyond. He would travel in what was dubbed the Uncle Louis Limited, which included having three secretaries from the East Block aboard, a handyman, many reporters, and everything that he needed in his special Car 100, including a shower, bed, and lounging area. Also on the train was a valet, waiter, cook, and porter, along with telegraph operators. One reporter on the tour would state, quote, Listening to him, you become even the most reluctant, charmed, and warmed by his personality. He can turn the indifferent or the doubtful into a starry-eyed partisan, end quote. In his opening speech on the campaign, he would tell Canadians that they never had it better and that the prosperity would continue under a liberal regime. Prior to the 1953 election, the Liberals, as mentioned, had been in power for 18 years. The Conservatives had not been in power since 1935, and among all of the candidates, only Earl Rowe had experience in Cabinet when he briefly held a post during R.B. Bennett's time in office. An editorial McLean's would state, quote, It is commonplace to say that the Liberals have been in too long. It is even more profoundly true that the Conservatives have been out too long. After 18 years in the political wilderness, they no longer know how things are done or what goes on, end quote. Over the previous four years, the St. Laurent government had dealt with the Korean War, committing the third largest overall contribution of troops. They began the first steps towards universal health care, expanded social programs including old age assistance, allowances for the blind, and they began the process of constructing the Trans-Canada Highway. In contrast, the Progressive Conservatives campaigned on the promise of cutting half a billion dollars in taxes. This is no small amount. It actually equals $5.1 billion today. Drew had stated his first campaign rally, quote, Those who believe that it is time for a change now have the one chance that democracy affords, end quote. This may seem like it was a good idea to do a tax cut, but it would severely handicap progressive conservative candidates across the country. They could not make any promises of increased spending in their local areas, and in the Maritimes, lower taxes were seen as lower transfer payments, which would cause severe economic times for the provinces there. Dalton Camp would say years later, quote, Drew's election manifesto was intended to be a bombshell, and it was bursting over the heads of the unsuspecting party candidates and organization. End quote. The Conservatives also promised to make municipal councils and school boards exempt from sales taxes. There was also the promise of a health insurance scheme, aid to help people with low incomes buy homes, and a complete reforming of the Senate. Drew would say, quote, We will introduce legislation to amend the criminal code, which will make it an offense punishable by due process of law to engage in communist or other subversive activities designed to destroy our democratic system. End quote. Drew, who would begin his campaign in Guelph on June 19th, continued to be up against a very popular figure in St. Laurent. Scott Young, writing for McLean's, would state, quote, Mr. Drew is unpopular in some places. Some people, both in and out of his party, admit that, while still believing in him. End quote. In speaking of the campaign policies of the Liberals, Drew said that it was not a policy, just a yawn. Throughout June and July, Drew would travel around Canada by train, plane, and automobile, and found that his rallies were better than in the previous election. He would state, quote, I'm thriving on it. It is good to see the real, genuine interest people are taking in the election. End quote. During the August long weekend, Drew would cover 480 kilometers and give nine speeches. 
The next day, Drew attempted to tour through Petawawa Army Base, but he was refused due to a Queen's order and regulation from 1927 that prohibited visits by campaigning politicians to camps or units of the armed forces. Drew would state, quote, I have been visiting the camp almost yearly since 1910, first as a gunner, then as a regimental commander, and more recently as head of the Canadian Artillery Association. I was planning no meeting there, no rally there, only wanted to look around briefly and meet some old friends. End quote. In Ottawa on July 8th, Drew spoke in front of 2,000 people, declaring that his party would provide better treatment for the civil service. Drew had actually worked as a civil servant many years previously, making it an issue that was very important to him. Some men would call Drew the most hated man in Canada, but St. Laurent would state that was not the case. He would state, quote, I haven't any evidence of hate for Mr. Drew or for myself. There is no difference between political hate and any other kind. End quote. Overall, the campaign was a civil one for the most part, especially compared to previous years. Even external affairs minister Lester B. Pearson called Drew an honest and capable leader. Of course, there were still some incidents, such as a man calling St. Laurent an old goat who should go back to Quebec during a campaign stop in Edmonton. When the August 10, 1953 election arrived, the Liberals again won a majority, but in the process lost 22 seats, finishing with 169. The Progressive Conservatives were able to rebound slightly, picking up 10 seats to finish with 51. The Cooperative Commonwealth Federation gained 10 seats, finishing with 23, while the Social Credit Party picked up 5 seats to finish with 15. The Liberals continued to dominate across the board when it came to provincial results. The party would win the majority of seats in every province, including picking up 66 seats in Quebec, while the Conservatives won 4. In Ontario, the Liberals again did well, winning 50 seats to the 33 won by the Conservatives. Fellow Canadians, I am greatly pleased by the result of my second general election as national leader of the Liberal Party. I thank you sincerely for the heartening expression of confidence you have given today to the government, your government, of which I have had the privilege to be the head for the past four and a half years. The decisive verdict you have given will strengthen the government in carrying on the policies which have given such satisfaction in Canada during the last few years. We shall continue to strive resolutely for peace and prosperity, and with peace and prosperity for the fundamental aim of the Liberal Party, which is to ensure to all Canadians in every province, of every race and creed and class, and of all political parties, the closest possible approach to equality of opportunity and to a fair share of the bounties with which Providence has endowed our favoured land. I wish to congratulate individually each successful Liberal candidate and thank all our friends who helped them to achieve that success. Those who were unsuccessful this time and their friends will rejoice in the victory of the party and continue to work with the rest of us for the full realization of Liberal policies. I should like also to express my appreciation to the thousands of Canadians in hundreds of places from St. John's, Newfoundland, to Victoria, British Columbia, who have given me such a wonderful reception, not only during the course of my recent election tour, but wherever I have gone since I became Prime Minister of Canada. It will continue to be, as it has always been, my highest ambition to contribute something 
to the strengthening of the spirit of harmony and goodwill and cooperation between English and French-speaking Canadians, which is the one sure foundation of our unity as a nation. With that solid foundation, we have built a nation in which we have been able to welcome hundreds of thousands of good citizens of other races who have all made distinctive contributions to our national life. And now that you have given to my colleagues and to me the vote of confidence for which we appealed, I wish to repeat the promise, which is my only election promise, to give you that best service of which I am capable, and I make with assurance the same promise for the able and devoted colleagues who, with your endorsement, will continue to share with me the responsibility and the high honor of carrying on the government of Canada. Thank you all, and good night. The Right Honorable Louis Saint-Laurent has just finished his address to the people of Canada, in which he has acknowledged the victory of the Liberal Party, which he led in today's general election. Mr. Saint-Laurent spoke in French and English from the Chateau Frontenac in Quebec City. And now, this is Bernard Trotter returning you to Blair Fraser in Toronto. One odd incident would occur in Montreal when someone stole a ballot box, while another person attempted to impersonate another voter. Other than these incidents, it was an orderly election across the board. Saint Laurent would say after his historic win, quote, We shall continue to strive resolutely for peace and prosperity, and with peace and prosperity as the fundamental aims of the Liberal Party, which is to ensure to all Canadians in every province, of every race and creed and class, and of all political parties, the closest possible approach to equality of opportunity and to a fair share of the bounties with which Providence has endowed our favoured land." End quote. Upon his election loss, Drew would state, quote, I believe that democracy is not something to put on the shelf until the next election. We should continue the organization of our party. Start in now keeping it alive. End quote. Questions would abound if Drew would step down as leader, but he would only say, quote, That is not a decision to be made by individuals, but by the party. There will be an annual meeting of the party, and decisions will be made by the party. End quote. By the time the next election did roll around in 1957, Drew would be out, replaced by a new man named Diefenbaker, and it would be an election that would make history. I hope you enjoyed that episode and my look at the 1953 election. Tomorrow, we're of course looking at the 1957 election. If you did enjoy the episode, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. Again, if you like, you can support the podcast through Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking Donate. And I'd like to say thank you to all of my wonderful patrons, and if I mispronounce any names, I do apologize. Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, one anonymous person who I really appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roy, Luke Guess, J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, and Iris Gray. Information from Maclean's Dynasties and Interludes, Ottawa Citizen, and Wikipedia. Thanks. We'll see you again next time.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.